0: Next, the Golden Days of Radio.
1: This is Frank Brzee inviting you to join me for the Golden Days of Radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past, headlining some of the world's most famous personalities. On this program, we are featuring Howard and Sheldon, Steve Allen, Kay Kaiser and Ishka Bibble, Fanny Brice's "Baby Snooks," a visit with Jack Armstrong, the All American Boy, plus a comedy episode with Jonathan Winters. One of the greats of all time is Joe Stafford, and here's one of her performances from the Chesterfield Supper Club in 1949.
2: day with a sunny smile
3: here's a way to be in style out of your face with sunshine put on a great big smile make up your eyes with laughter folks will be laughing with you in a little while whistle a tune Blue
2: days,
3: gloom never was in style.
2: In a while, never a blue day.
3: The future's brighter when hearts are lighter.
2: So smile, you'll be in style. Try
3: to be nice, take my advice, be happy. Just smile.
1: broken up at one time or another, doing radio and television shows. Of course, now it isn't the same. The tape can be edited to cut out the fluffs, which makes for a very smooth production. This wasn't the case when shows were live. Take, for instance, this excerpt from the Steve Allen show in the late fifties. He blows it and really goes bananas. Good evening,
4: this is your old Indian sportscaster.
5: open jerk Bill Allen bringing you bringing you how
0: are you the complete sports roundup in the world of sports for all you jerky sports out there in sports land well what's new in sports I'll tell you what's new the 1958 ouch baseball season is getting in away with the annual <laughs> Good all right, the annual spring training warm-up. The big league teams are all at the spring training headquarters around the country. Let's see what's happening. And I want give you Bill Allen's baseball scoop. Scoop! You're a better man than I am, there. St. Petersburg, Florida. The New York Yankees are finally given trying to sign up the Yankee... Rookie holdout, Lefty Gerber. Lefty's been holding out since 1921. (laughs) Now we're in trouble. All
1: right. Even vocalist Mel Torme sometimes has trouble reading a radio spot. This is Mel Torme. In case you haven't heard, the Freedom's Foundation at Valley Forge, Pennsylvania, would like to know your answer to the question, Freedom Privilege or obligation. So give it some thought, will you? Then write down what you think in five hundred words or less, and mail your letter to the Freedoms Foundation before the first of November. Could you bring some bread and a free trip to Washington D oh. <laughs> well
3: just they can pick it up.
1: How stupid. And everyone's AFRTS favorite, Barbara Randolph, is not immune to vocal foul ups. He was a legend in his own
6: time. He brought six shooters, stallions, and Indians into the music halls of the East Coast and the theaters of Europe. To many, Buffalo Bill Cody was all they knew of the West, and it was sometimes hard to find the real man behind the legend and drama of his Wild West show. Today in Cody, Wyoming, a 12-foot bronze statue of Buffalo Bill on his horse stands to remind
1: the thousands of visiting each year that it... Oh, wow. This is ridiculous. One of the great stars of our time was Fanny Bryce. Barbara Streisand played the part of Miss Bryce in the film story of her life, Funny Girl. And she was indeed a funny girl. In the 30s and 40s, she had her own radio show on which she played the lovable child, Baby Snooks. From her program of March 5th, 1948, here's Hanley Stafford as Daddy, with Arlene Harris as Mummy, and Fanny Bryce as Baby Snooks.
3: Wait...
6: There's a rap on the door.
4: Rap, rap, rap.
1: Aha! Who is it?
4: How should I know it's your story?
6: All right. The door opens, and there's a little girl standing there.
4: A little girl?
6: Yes. And, why, Snokes? she looks like you.
4: Is she carrying a teddy bear?
6: Yes.
4: Take another look.
6: Snokes. you don't get it.
4: He don't get it either.
6: Oh, what's the
4: use? Yeah, why don't you give
6: up? No, you listen to the rest of the story Go on, give up So you come in and give the boy the little teddy bear The boy's delighted His father is so happy to see his son smiling again He goes out and gets himself a job He works hard, he prospers, he gets a lot of money, he's rich (laughs) Hooray! Isn't that wonderful?
4: He's got money
6: And it's wonderful, isn't it?
4: Yeah. Now his father can buy him a teddy bear. (laughs)
6: Snooks, it's such a simple thing I'm trying to teach you. It's better to give than to receive.
4: Better to give than receive?
6: Yes. And Snooks, baby, there's one thing I want you to do for me.
4: What is it, little daddy?
6: This afternoon, I want you to take a little walk.
3: Mm Mm-hmm.
6: Go over to the other side of the railroad tracks. Pick out a poor family. And then see if you don't feel like bringing some happiness into their home with a simple little gift.
4: All right, Daddy.
6: (sighs) Oh, boy. I'm so full of dinner, I'd like to stay here and go to sleep instead of going out tonight.
7: Well, I feel the same way, Lancelot, but we made the date. There's nothing we can do about it.
6: Oh, by the way, what did Snooks do today? I'm interested in finding out whether that talk I had with her this morning did any good.
7: Well, I was out most of the day myself, but when I got back, Snooks kept filling my ear with talk about people in the poor section of town.
6: Oh, good. Then my little talk did have an effect on her. I wanted her to give the teddy bear to some needy person, so I told her to take a look at the people who can't afford to buy food and clothes.
3: Well, the way
7: prices are today, she didn't have to leave the house.
6: <laughs> well, at least she got rid of Oscar. Good heavens, it's 7.30. We'd better start dressing. Yes. I think I'll wear my new white shirt. Vera, where's my white shirt? It isn't here. Vera, I'm talking to you.
7: Lancelot, have you seen my nylons?
6: Yes, I'm wearing them. (laughs) Where's my shirt?
7: Don't be so funny. All my nylons are gone. You can wear another shirt. What other shirt? They're all gone. What? What's going on here? My blouses are gone.
6: My ties are gone. My girdle is gone. So is mine. (laughs) Look in the closet, Vera. It's stripped. Oh, we've been burglarized. How, Daddy. Don't bother me now, Snooks. Oh, I'd like to lay my hands on the person who took those clothes.
4: Goodbye, Daddy.
6: Come back here, you. (laughs) You didn't have anything to do with the disappearance of those clothes, did you? Well, did you?
4: Daddy, let me tell you a story. Uh, There's a poor family in a little shack. Oh,
6: no! (laughs) Snooks, did you give away all my clothes?
4: Remember, Daddy, it's better to give than to receive.
6: Well, just bend over and receive what I'm about to give you.
4: Wait, Daddy. When I got to that shack, the people had nothing. No food. They hadn't eaten in days. Then I gave him your clothes. The father was so happy. He ran out of the house. And when he came back, his arms were full of food. And he had money. And everybody was so happy. Oh, really? Really.
6: Did he... Did he get a job?
4: No. He sold your clothes. Oh. So...
6: Look what you've done. The closet's a bare. At least you could have saved something.
4: <laughs> oh, I did.
6: You did what?
4: Asked my teddy bear. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a popular band leader of the 40s and 50s was Kay Kaiser. Paul Mosher, his publicity manager during those years, tell me that his radio show, The College of Musical Knowledge, ranked as one of the most popular programs to ever broadcast from army camps. Here's Kay Kaiser with Ish Bibble cutting up the NBC radio network. <laughs>
2: sir. the second round winner, and he is... Just a second, Professor. I got a love story here in regards to which I would like to read same. A love story? Well, did you write it ish? No, no, that there now girl I've been running around with. Oh, you mean that gay Fay from Monterey. No, that sad sack from
3: Frontenac.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right, read. All right, it's a love story entitled, She Loved Him but he moved to Colton. Oh, that's just fine, brother. Or, when he knew he had to tell his sweetheart farewell, he starched his mustache so he could keep a stiff upper lip. Oh,
3: that's
0: fine. This first chapter of this love story is a little long, but proceed.
2: How can I leave you, he cried, your eyes, dark and as inviting as two raisins in a bowl of PX hash. (laughs) Your teeth, your lips, red and warm Like two slabs of corned beef Rampant on a field of cobblestones (laughs) A tear sprang from her eye And started to run down her nose But when it seen how far it had to go Ran back up again (laughs) Kiss me, she pleaded He bent forward, and just as their lips touched, there was a terrible explosion. Explosion? Yeah, she was chewing bubble gum, and he had a toothpick in his mouth. (laughs) Go on, get him out of here!
1: Two of the funniest stars on radio enjoyed a great deal of success with their morning wake-up show. They were vaudeville comedians who brought their talent and their wit to radio with hilarious results. Here's Tom Howard and George Sheldon.
7: Good morning, Ford.
5: Good morning, Tom. Good morning there, George.
7: Good morning, Ford. Good morning, Tom. What's good about it? Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh. Somebody got up out of the wrong side of the bed this morning. Yeah. What's the matter? Did you get up with a grouch? No, she got up ahead of me. Uh (laughs) You better be careful. Don't let your wife hear you call her a grouch. Uh, She don't scare me. I told her this morning I was going to leave her. You told your wife you were going to leave? What'd she say? Nothing. She was very nice about it. She just took me gently by the arm and broke it (laughs) (laughs) Say, Tom, I thought you and Hattie got along swimmingly Yeah, but she uses an overhand stroke and I do a crawl I see See (laughs) what I mean? Yeah, I get it George, I'll never forget the day I got married No? And I'll never forget the day I regretted it Yeah? Same day (laughs) (laughs) Say, Tom, when were you married? I forget all I know that the day before, I was the happiest man in the world. That's yes. all I remember. Did you get married at a church? No, we were married by a justice of peace. Mm-hmm. Yep. And there's been no justice and no peace ever since. <laughs> Why well, you talk Tom, like you don't like married life. Marriage is just like a horse race. A horse race? Yeah, you never know what two bucks will get you. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, Tom. Tell me, what's wrong with marriage? Oh, I got to do all the housework. I wash the dishes, I wash the windows, I wash the floors. What about the maid? She washes herself. (laughs) Well, what you say, you and your wife fight an awful lot. Well, she does all the fighting. Yeah? I should have been suspicious the day I married her. Why? I had trouble getting a ring over a brass knuckle. (laughs) Well, why don't you assert yourself, Tom? Are you a man or a mouse? I'm a man. Yeah. My wife's afraid of a mouse. <laughs> How long have you and your been wife fighting like this? Fifteen years. How long have you been married? Fifteen years. <laughs> well, in every lifetime, a little rain must fall. Yeah, but my, I married a cloudburst. Yeah. Take last night, for instance. I got home a little late. I was sneaking into the house very quietly when she hollered downstairs, is that you? Huh? I said, sure. Who were you expecting? Yeah. She said, what time is it? I said, twelve o'clock. Just then the cuckoo clock cuckooed three times, so I had to stand there and cuckoo nine more times. But Tom, you shouldn't talk about marriage. Marriage is a serious word. It's not a word, George. It's a sentence. Well, I gotta be getting back to work now. Yeah, Where are you working now? I'm a sailor in a matrimonial bureau. A sailor in a matrimonial bureau. Yeah, I tie all the knots. So. <laughs>
1: Those of us old enough to remember radio remember, I'm sure, the all-American boy, Jack Armstrong. With his Uncle Jim and his two friends, Billy and Betty Fairfield, Jack fought crime and criminals for almost two decades. Here's a portion of one of their episodes. The date, May 6th, 1942.
0: Jack Armstrong, the all-American boy. Wave the flag for Hudson High, boys. Show them how we stand. Ever shall our team be champions.
3: Known
0: throughout the land Wheaties, breakfast of champions Bring you the thrilling adventures of Jack Armstrong The All-American Boy The enemy agent Lazaro is coming out of the palace of the Hayami, And Jack Armstrong and his friends Concealed behind the ruins under cover of the South American night Watch him tensely And right now, as Lazaro approaches Jack, Billy and Betty Crouch behind an ancient stone pillar While Uncle Jim and Whisper await nearby
2: Listen
4: He's going, Jack The high army is going
2: But where's Whisper? Here I am, Billy Ballad, And behold, two large rubies Note how they catch the light Eyes of fire, my boy Eyes with a god of fire well, What are we waiting for? Let's get to the temple before it's too late to save Sakino Wait
6: a minute, Billy
0: Look at Lazaro He's just discovered that stone I threw in the window
4: <gasps> He's picking it up and looking at it, Jack
0: Look sharp now Get behind that pile of old ruins quick Hurry, Betty.
6: But don't let that light get you.
4: I'll keep in the shadows, Jack. Is Lazaro coming out?
0: He'll be out in a second. Uncle Jim, why don't we capture him now? Not yet, Jack. We've got to get him and his gang all at once. Back behind this pile of old stones, quick. There's the old boy now. He's looking all around. He'll never see a thing in this darkness.
4: He's going now. <gasps> He's following the Hayami. He's going to the temple.
0: That's just where we're going, Betty. We're going to keep a date with the Inca god of fire.
6: Listen to that, Uncle Jim. It's the chant of the Yami priests. They're getting ready for Sakino.
0: It sounds that way, Jack. But the ceremonies may not turn out quite as they expect. Don't lose those rubies, Whisper. We're going to need them very soon. Boy, things are soon going to hum in the temple of the god of fire. But say, there's only one way to get to the god of fire and that way is mysterious and dangerous. There are tense and thrilling moments ahead for Jack Armstrong, so listen in, all of you, at this same time tomorrow for another thrilling episode of The Lost Inca City with Jack Armstrong, the all-American boy. Have you tried Wheaties? They're whole wheat with all of the brand. This is buy? Franklin McCormick saying goodbye until tomorrow for General Mills... Makers of Wheaties, Breakfast of Champions, we have just presented another episode of Jack Armstrong, the All
1: American Boy. In 1968, television viewers were treated to the comedy of Jonathan Winters. His weekly show sometimes featured a spoof of the Jack Armstrong program. With Jonathan Winters as Jack and Cliff Arquette as Uncle Charlie, here's. Jack Armstrong,
2: Jack Armstrong, Jack Armstrong, the All American Boy. Featuring
5: the exciting, action-packed adventures of Jack Armstrong,
2: the All-American Boy.
5: When we last left our friends, they had just escaped the cannibal bunnies of the Martian Lettuce King. But now they face even greater peril as they witlessly stumbled into the haunted castle of the ghostly Black Knight. Join them now as they face the Headless Horror. Eddie? Stand there gawking, Billy. Come on. Charlie. Hey, the old compass is right on the beam, Jack. Where are you? I'm right here. I'm right here, Uncle Charlie. Pay attention. This is a scary place. Well, it is. According to my compass, we just reached the Save-A-Wino soup kitchen. That isn't a compass, you dingle-brain. It's just a rum-soaked Girl Scout cookie. No wonder Magnetic North is a raisin. I warned you about this. Get me in front of all this evil junk again. I'm tired of it, Uncle Charlie. I'm not kidding. I've just had enough of it. You senile old Jack in the Box. Hey, shake me again. You just
4: started my heart. Jack! I just realized where we are. This is the haunted castle of the headless ghosts. We're in danger.
5: You're (gasps) out of your gourd, Billy. This place is perfectly safe. Anybody could tell that.
3: (laughs) Hey, hey, did I hear fright stuff? (gasps) Huh? Cruddy castle birds, Jack. I'm afraid of ghosts. Really?
5: Really, Betty? I have just one word for you.
3: What word, Jack?
5: Boo. What is that terrible thing? Huh? Oh, my gosh
3: Please, sweet and picknacles Was that a ghost, Uncle Charlie?
5: No, I don't care Jack
7: The inscription on this helmet says There's a curse on this room
5: Don't touch that, Billy. You don't know where it's been.
3: But
7: the curse said the ghost walks tonight. Oh,
3: Oh,
5: Oh, come on, Betty and Billy and Uncle Charlie. Pull yourselves together. It's not any time to panic. Now listen, I'm running this secret mission, and I'll tell you when it's time to get
3: scared. Get oh, oh, oh. We're trapped The throne is moving
4: <laughs> The moon
2: is full And you must die oh, oh. Executioners Off with our heads oh, oh. Not mine Here,
5: get the old man Hey oh. Just think, Uncle Charlie No more hangovers
3: Oh, I feel an earthquake. I got diaper red.
5: <laughs> we get out of this, Billy. I'm having your head lanced. Is this the end for our friends? An earthquake? The chopping block? What about Uncle Charlie? Does he have a last request? Yeah, play melancholy, baby. What about Jack, Betty, and Billy? Is there no way out? We're not finished yet, boys and girls. I'll blow a high-frequency signal here on my secret code ring, and we'll try to pick up the rescue helicopter. Gee, that's no good, gang. I forgot to milk my code ring. Here come the axes. Tune in next week for the next thrilling episode of Jack Armstrong, the All-American Boy.
1: Well, that wraps up this edition of the Golden Days of Radio. This is Frank Brzee in Hollywood, California, inviting you to join me next time for more shows and personalities from radio's Golden Days. On this, the American Forces Radio and Television Service.